Hi friends, welcome to the Connected Families Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth, and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Well, you know, we're heading into the holiday season, especially here in the United States. Thanksgiving is just a few days away, and then Christmas and New Year's will be here real soon. Well, these holidays typically come with fun celebrations. They're with extended family, but they can also be stressful for lots of reasons. So today we are resharing a conversation about navigating family gatherings that I think is really timely. Pat Hange, the director of our Certified Parent Coaching Program, and Jenna Williams, one of our Connected Families Certified Parent Coaches, joined me to discuss and to role play how to deal with challenging situations and hard conversations that come up during this season with our parents and grandparents. So listen in. Welcome, Chad. Glad you're here again. Thanks, Stacey. I'm really glad to be here, and I'm especially glad to uh, have Jenna Williams here with us as well. And uh, Jenna is uh, somebody that, as you mentioned, came through our coaching certification program and uh, recently graduated from that. I met Jenna for the first time. Actually, she heard about us through receiving coaching from somebody else, one of our other coaches, and uh, that was pretty fascinating. So uh, she came to us and said, wow, whatever you're doing over here, I'd like to learn to do more of that. And uh, so she showed up and has just been a blessing to our coaching community and to to family. Has three kids. And Jenna, what else would you want to say about yourself? And welcome. welcome. We're so glad you're here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here and part of a ministry that's really blessed my family a lot. Um, Yeah, I live out in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I have three littles. Um, My youngest just turned three. And then I have an almost five-year-old and an almost seven-year-old. So um, I am very blessed. I love my family. And I'm just very thankful for the ways that Connected Families has helped us just grow to be the family that we feel like God's calling us to be. Jenna, we're so glad you're here with us today. I love having the coaches. Everyone in our listening audience knows that. So Jenna, thanks for being here. Before before we move on though, you guys, listeners, if this podcast has been useful for you, share it. It really is the number one way that the word gets out about our podcast. So please, please take a second and share it with somebody that you think would find the podcast useful. Okay, today's conversation is around family gatherings. And when your kids and your parents, when everyone's coming together in the house, we all know that can be like beautiful and celebratory and everyone's so looking forward to the holiday and all those gatherings. And then it can be really hard too. And so let's um let's talk about that. We're going to talk about kind of what are all the dynamics around it. And then we're definitely going to move into some role plays. So Jenna and Chad, are you ready for the conversation? Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive in with the first question, which is just what are the issues that families face? Yeah. I think with my kids being so small, some of the top issues are a mixture of balancing their excitement and their energy combined with then their lack of sleep and mealtime tension. I mean, they're eating different things. They don't necessarily know the times that the food's coming. And I have littles that get kind of hangry when that blood sugar drops. So just even knowing ahead of time that those are going to be some pain points of how they're going to behave around that. That's right. The change of schedule, right? And those eating and sleeping 
rhythms affect everything, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the expectations are oftentimes would get me in trouble is that I expected a just a wonderful time of communicating with uh, adults and some nice interactions with kids and the kids would be well behaved and they would really, really enjoy their gifts and really be happy about the things that were provided for them and all the stuff. And then it doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is going on here? You need to be more appreciative. And you no, know, you give grandma a kiss right now. She she was thoughtful about that. Or, you know, the, just that disappointment, I think, with gifts and the expectations that we have going in are just of this beautiful, you know, time together. And then wow, the bickering starts. And you know, it could be from Jenna's point too, the lack of sleep, the hangry stuff, or whatever the origins of that. But it doesn't take long for you know, parents to go from this picturesque, you know, going to be awesome to what is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, just, uh, just our own expectations, I think, uh, can really trip us up. Mm-hmm. And, and the expectations of everyone else, too. I can remember a struggle around wanting my kids to take naps. And then my my parents and even my siblings, because my kids were the first grandkids of the family. And so they were just like, we're together. They don't need a nap today. They don't need one. Like we want them up and with us. And so their expectations too about all of that. And then frustration when I like stuck to my guns and I was like, no, I know my child. They need to sleep. They need sleep because we've got tonight and tomorrow and the next day. And so then just kind of the, uh, you're that kind of mom comments. Those are hard. Yeah. Yeah, I think that even ties into the expectations I put on myself and how easy it is to get caught up in what's actually more toxic belief, right? Like my value or me being a good parent is only reflected if my children behave really well and have that immediate obedience. And when I get caught in that mindset and my expectations take over, oftentimes the sweet parts of the family gatherings could be missed. And that immediate obedience probably comes because maybe that's how you were raised, Jenna. I was raised that way too, right? So you know, going in that this is how your parents raised you and they they kind of think they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Maybe if it worked for you, it should work for, for the grandkids too. And so you just know that you're being watched with that lens. And so if you're walking a different road, you know, it's not going to meet grandparents' expectations. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. hard to walk yeah. into that gathering with that awareness. Yeah. Well, especially because you're meeting with people that, at least for me, I, I feel very highly towards, I think very highly of, and, you know, right. they did a wonderful job and had great, you know, desires for, you mm-hmm. know, my family. And so I want them to be pleased with how I am as a parent. Right. Because we're still kids. We're still a kid of our parents. Right. And so we do highly value their approval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just their approval, isn't it? Yeah. So it's hard to walk a different path and to do some things, you know, that they they might not approve of. Yeah. I think the thing that you brought up too, Jenna, around just that, you mentioned toxic beliefs, and that's a really foundational aspect of the Connected Families framework of just understanding like what's going on inside of me before I get to this you know, situation or what's going on with my child. Those what's going on questions are really, really important. And if you haven't done the work there, 
around what you're believing about yourself and what you believe about your kids, then I think we're super susceptible to get that those toxic beliefs flowing. And they tend to just flow out of us really easily. It's like, my yeah. child's my report card here. I want other people to be impressed by my parenting. I, I might not even say it like that, but now suddenly what people think about me is, is driving my parenting rather than what I think mm -hmm. is maybe best for my kids. So lots of possible toxic beliefs, I think, that uh, is really worth paying attention to before we head into some of these, uh, these family gatherings. Mm -hmm. Especially in relationship to grandparents because I know that even we just we were just going through discipline that connects and we did a live Q a which then moved into actually a Facebook live because we had families ask and say hey I'm I'm working the framework in my home that's you know I'm getting there but when my child is defiant or I have to deal with something that's difficult in front of my parents, that is the hardest time ever to remember to walk through the framework. And so it's, I think that that's because of all of these toxic beliefs and just the deeper emotional level of having grandparents watching us. I think another common issue, maybe not common, but happens every so often is unwanted parenting advice, right? From grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember the look. Oh, and actually the words that came out from one of my parents that was, wow, you would have never gotten away with that. Yeah. I'm like, mm -hmm. after the break, we're going to get to some role plays, but de definitely those are hard. Like I can remember that being said, when I had asked one of my girls, can you please come in the kitchen and help clean up? It was an unusually like extra defiant, I think maybe because there was a football game on the TV at the moment that they wanted yeah. to watch. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of being, yeah, like, come, come clean the kitchen right now. And it was a, no, I don't want to do it right now. And that was the response I got from my dad. I'll tell you guys after the break, what I did with that one, but unwanted parenting advice can be hard. Yeah. Un unwanted, even the, even the looks you could just feel it and maybe it's unsolicited. You know, you didn't ask for anything here. And now there's an opinion about that. Really? Are you going to, you're going to let them get away with that? You know, there's lots of phrases that I think might just kind of elicit inside of us just this, oh, mm -hmm. right. The tension, the not in our stomachs, yes. all the stuff, right. Yes. That uh, makes it difficult. Yeah, even just the normal bickering that comes or fighting over toys or not playing the game that they all want to play. And I think just that internal feeling of like you want your kids to be kids and go through the normal behaviors and learning their own natural consequences while also holding space to respect the family that's there and wanting them to have a good time and wanting your guests or if you are a guest to be comfortable, you know, in the house. So how do you balance letting your kids be kids while teaching them respect for what happens at family gatherings and allowing other people to be comfortable. I think another issue too, in that regard, then I remember holding my kids to a bit of a higher standard of behavior when the family was around, but I didn't actually tell them that Yes, because the spotlight is on. I want them to behave better than a normal day, which is just bizarre, right? Like mm -hmm. that just our own thing that we need to work through and understand what's going on under the surface of ourselves. There's a lot of issues going on. No wonder we can get all bound up, right? <laughs> um, we're going to go to a break in a second, but I think that it's really important to just pause here and remember the foundation. 
Mm-hmm. And the foundation of the framework is what's going on in me. And Chad, you had talked about the toxic beliefs. And I think that the work we just did talking through all of this is just so, so important in preparation for these family gatherings to ask myself, like last time we were all together, what was going on? What went wrong? Like, what was I thinking that was making me all you know, upset or, or just whatever happened so that I can think that through and evaluate those thoughts and, and then change them if they need to be changed. Yeah. And that's where the grace-filled truths come in. Where do I get my value? Where does it come from? Is it yeah. come from a, a, a parent? Does it come from my kids? Is it a settled issue coming from God? So yeah. And that's, that's the work. And I think the preparation ahead of that, of like, what are the graceful truths? Writing them down, putting them in a place where you're going to see them or remember them is uh, is such important work heading into these uh, holiday gatherings. Let's go to a break. And after we come back, we are going to do some role plays. And I'm looking forward to that. And I'll also tell you what I did about the whole cleaning the kitchen situation. Off to a break. You are truly one in a million. That's right. Connected Families Podcast has surpassed one million listens 44,000 listens every month. Thank you for giving this episode a listen today. We, along with our donor team, pray that it blesses your family. Did you know that this podcast and all the resources that Connected Families provides are made possible in part by the generosity of people like you? Every year, families who have experienced the transformative power of the gospel in their own parenting choose to donate to Connected Families to support other families who are seeking the same. I want you to meet Carrie Henry. She's a mom who once received a scholarship for Discipline That Connects, and then she chose to make a gift and bless others. That was such a huge blessing to me that then later when I, I got some extra, this was, a, was an extra tax refund that I didn't need for my monthly budget. It was fine, it was extra money, and I thought, I want, I, I want other people to be able to sign up for the course for a discounted rate too, with no, you know, with no questions asked. If you'd like to bless other families the way Carrie has, please consider making a year-end gift to Connected Families. Thank you. All right, we're back after the break and we promised role plays. Jenna and Chad, you ready for that? Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. We have talked through a lot of issues that can come up inside of us, inside of our kids, like all of the different things that come up when we have family gatherings during this holiday season. But the question really then is, what can we do? And we mentioned one right before the break, which is to do some introspective work and ask ourselves the question, what's going on in me and be proactive about that. But I know that there's other things that we can do. And so where would you start with that, Jenna? Yes. When I look deeper, just thinking about a grace-filled truth. And I think even with Thanksgiving, I literally wrote this down on a card and thought about it before the family gathering and during the family gathering, but just the truth that I am God's chosen beloved child. And God has chosen me to love my kids when they need it most. I get the honor of coming alongside my child to speak truth to their hearts, to be their safe place, and to remind them who they are, that they are chosen, loved, and a joy to have in my life. And when I switch mm-hmm. to that perspective, everything just feels a little bit different. And my expectations mm-hmm. are set in the right place. 
Awesome. That I means that it. your kids behave well just because you think differently like that. Is that is that right? And, and <laughs> no, not at all. There's no judgment and what? Everything is perfect <laughs> and smooth. No, yes. the shift is just me. Like I get to be a yeah. present person for them and I get to be with them in their struggles rather than somebody passing judgment on their struggles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I love about that is that you had done some awareness. You knew that there could be some sleep struggles. There could be some eating struggles. The whole thing is kind of set up for our kids to struggle a little bit because they're not in their routine and there's so much more sensory, everything coming at them and gifts and right. So you made a decision and wrote out this beautiful statement for how you wanted to show up. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. Jenna, that's really great. What are other ways that we can proactively get ready for these holiday gatherings? One proactive strategy that uh, we implemented, and I think Jenna has as well, is to try to get ahead of it a little bit. Like, like we let's not be surprised by the things that we know we're going to see. And so maybe there's an opportunity there to have a family meeting, to just sit down and talk to each other. Like, hey, what are the expectations that the kids have? What are the expectations that the parents have? What is kind of our family mission? What are the ways we can get ourselves calmed down if we feel ourselves getting worked up? Just kind of proactive game planning for what we know we're likely going to see. I like that. And I think that's something, Jenna, that you've implemented even recently. Is that right? Yeah. With Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving, we had a little mini family meeting and I was able to share with my kids that, you know, I love family gatherings. I love having people come over and share all the good things, but sometimes it's hard because they're in my house and my toys are shared. Let's talk about some of those things that we might encounter. And we kind of talk through what we might see and the kids could share a little bit about what they're worried about. Like, do I have to share all of my toys? Like, what about this one toy that I love? And we came up with a game plan that they felt you know, safe with. And then also talked about what do we do when we feel anxious? My middle child has a bit of anxiety and we just talked about Lucas, what can you do when you're feeling that way? You know, let's connect beforehand because he does a lot better. So before everyone came over for Thanksgiving, we sat, we read his favorite book together, spent some time connecting. And then he knew how to ask for that if he was feeling overwhelmed with everybody over as well. Yeah, super I proactive. I also remember our our family has a high value of expressing gratitude to the person who gave a gift. So coaching my kids through that. And I and I loved that. I loved using my coaching skills and asking questions like, you know, what did it take, Auntie, to get you that gift? Like what so you can think that through. She went to the store, she thought about you. And so she put some effort into that gift and to give it to you. In the moment that you open that present, what would it look like to show her that you are really grateful for it? I I remember loving those kind of conversations with my kids too, because it wasn't like, this is a demand. This is what we do. This is our culture. It was growing the wisdom, the value of gratitude in how you received gifts in a way that was heartfelt. When possible, talking to grandparents about their expectations as well can be valuable, helpful. I think it's just bringing an awareness to the whole situation. Like most of the time, I'm not sure that my parents or my wife's parents really even knew they had expectations, which is mostly true for all of us until they're not met. And then we're disappointed. And so it's like, well, what, what are the expectations and how, how do you want it to go if this 
situation doesn't quite go like that. Or, you know, we have this picture in our family, in our minds of everybody sitting around the Christmas tree and thinking about, you know, reading the Christmas story and everybody's sitting really nicely and waiting and having their gifts, but not opening them, but being patient. And it's like, uh, okay, that's, that's the dream world, but what's reality and, and what do you think is best? And what might you even think is maybe best for kids who have a hard time sitting still? And how do you want to do this? And, and really inviting them into that process as well. I think is can be really helpful. That is so true, Chad. I can remember the year when the kids were super little and grandpa wanted to read five chapters of <laughs> and then getting a little annoyed when, you know, they didn't sit and listen to the Bible being read the whole time. And I, right. so, yeah, we learn, right? Every year we just, you know, you learn and you troubleshoot. So the next year it was, hey, we think the kids could sit through this And we want Mm -hmm. to highlight it and we want to pay, you know, attention to it and focus on it, but just kind of back to that just right challenge again too. And sometimes as parents being an advocate for what we know our kids can and can't tolerate in certain situations, if we can have those conversations with our parents or grandparents beforehand, I think that that really, really can be beneficial. So beneficial. And it brings us back to the framework because as we're learning the framework and parent our children through it. These conversations can be embedded in the framework. And I think that we want to call out the good in our kids. I think that's a great place to start when you need to have these conversations with your own parents, the grandparents, is seeing the good. So even in that situation, I love, Dad, that we're going to have a time where we're going to read the true meaning of Christmas Mm -hmm. and that we're going to gather around our, you know, we're going to spend time thinking about Jesus before we dive into the presence. But, you know, I appreciate that value. But let's do this in an age appropriate way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, and I know my kids and I know how long that they can last. Yeah, believing the best about our parents, kids as grandparents, you know, whenever possible, just believing the best. They really love their grandkids. They really want their kids, grandkids to be blessed and uh, to enjoy their time. And and, uh, so I think finding that common ground, we all, I think, want similar things here. And so how can we, it's back to kind of team problem solving. We talk about in uh, You're Called Incapable and that message, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, how do we all get some of what we're looking for here, as opposed to being surprised again by these disruptions or whatever, whatever might, might come from that. Yeah. Those conversations with family, if it's by text or your family messenger thread, you know, what does everyone want to do? Like, let's just get it out now. What are expectations are really helpful. And especially for the parents of, I think, smaller kids, especially. Oh, no, I I shouldn't say that because it's true with teenagers, too. (laughs) Right. I find that with my extended family, like as my kids have gotten to be teenagers, I needed to set expectations that this is how much time they're going to be with us. And they also want to be with friends and, you know, like kind of setting the stage ahead of time. There's also hard conversations that we sometimes need to have with our own parents. Did we talk about the unsolicited advice that we sometimes get? Or even when a grandparent disciplines our kids in a way that we don't approve of, or we wouldn't, we don't appreciate. Those are hard Things. Let's tackle that in the next few minutes. So when we are getting the unsolicited advice or the side eyes or the glances that we talked about earlier, 
How do we have those conversations? Have either of you had them? And can you offer any thoughts here? Can we play it out? Can I be that parent? And Jenna, can you be my adult child who I'm kind of given some some size, or maybe I'll just even be fairly direct with this one. And uh, could you just give a response to me on that? Yeah, let's play it out. All right, let's do it. So so there's been some misbehavior. It's not the first, it's probably the third or fourth now at this point. And I am pretty exasperated by this. And I can't even believe that uh, this child of mine is letting that go with my grandchild. And uh, so I'm just going to say something to you. It's probably a little bit of the heat of the moment too. So there's a lot of stuff going on. And I might say, Jenna, I mean, how long are you going to let this go on? That child needs to have some firm discipline at this point, And you just kind of keep ignoring it. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm going to first pause and just breathe, right? Maybe uh, just take a big breath and say, you know what? Thank you for sharing your thoughts. I know you want good things for my family. I know you want my kids to to grow up, to be respectful people and, you know, and listen and be obedient. And I want you to know, I also want that for my child. I want them to be respectful and to learn obedience. And we're working to teach that in a way that builds wisdom too. And it's okay. It might look a little bit different than what you did. And that's okay. So that's kind of, if I'm the grandparent in that situation, it it feels like you addressed it, but there was a little bit of confidence that was behind that too. It didn't feel like uh, you were apologizing for anything, but there was still a, maybe a, a, uh, affirmation of my concern. So huh, that's interesting. And I wonder, you know, just uh, in a situation like that, that might be a little long in terms of, uh, you know, kids are screaming and all the things that are going on. But even if that's taken five minutes later, 10 mm-hmm. minutes later, things have kind of calmed down and you kind of come back to that. It felt honoring to me. I didn't feel like you ignored me or you put me down for my parenting or things like that. So that's good. Yeah. And I think even just for me as a parent, remembering like, thank you, you do have good things for my family. I see that you want, you know, good values and thank you for sharing that. You know, we can talk more later if you need to, or if you want to, I'd be happy to share what we're doing, but you're exactly right. You don't have to do it all at once, but can we move on to the really hard one? Could you role play when our, the grandparent disciplines in a way that we don't appreciate? Could you set that one up? And role play it. <laughs> what do you want to do, Jenna? Do you want to be the parent or the grandparent in this one? I get a choice. Sure. I'll be whichever one you would rather not be. Or All right. I'm going to be the grandparent in this one because I want to feel what it's like on that side. Okay. And so what will this be around? Maybe. So let's just, it? yeah, let's just say that uh, that there's been a conflict. My child has, has uh, taken a toy and continues to take toys from the, the other grandchild who maybe isn't standing up for himself or and now is screaming and uh, is upset again. And I've done this for like the third or fourth time. And then you, you come in and you, I don't know what, what kind of discipline you pull them, pull them away or say, you know, sternly that's enough or even a swat on the backside or yeah, I'm going to come in and say, you know, I, I've been watching this and that's the third time that you took your toy, the toy from your younger cousin. And that's not fair or respectful. You're supposed to be a good, you know, older cousin. I'm going to take this toy away and you're going to come sit with me. You're on a timeout. Oh, wow. <clears throat> okay. And so I might be observing that. Is that, uh, is that right? So, so I, <laughs> I observe that and the child likely is not very excited about that. Right. So they might be kicking or yelling or now disrespect even continues to grow in that area. 
So I'm, I'm walking into that and I might say, whoa, whoa, it sounds like there's some big stuff going on in here. What's what's going on? Yeah, your kid keeps taking toys from the cousins and that's not kind. And now he's crying about it and there's no reason to cry about it. He just needs to stop taking all the toys. Yeah. Wow. So that's hard. That's hard. You're, can, can I take it from here? Would that be all right? Yeah, this, it's definitely not okay, right? To, to steal toys and do all that stuff. It'd be all right if, if I take it from here. Yeah, as long as you actually do discipline them. Yeah. They need it. They need to learn. No. Yeah, let's get everybody calmed down here first, all right? Let's get everybody calmed down. Okay, so uh, let's say that that situation, I take the child and, and we go, and now I'm coming back to that situation maybe uh, a little bit later with you, Jenna, as as mm-hmm. uh, grandma here, who is very concerned. And, and I might say something like, uh, Wow, you know, it looks like you you saw my child taking taking some things, and and uh, that was pretty frustrating for you. Is that right? Yeah, it felt it felt frustrating. It felt like nobody was looking out for the younger kids, and you know they need to be looked out for. Yeah, and so you kind of had enough of that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want them stealing toys anymore. I wanted them to learn, you know, discipline and respect. Yeah, I appreciate uh, your awareness uh, and looking out for the the younger child for sure. I wonder in terms of just the the connection with with my child if maybe there's something that we could revisit with him. What do you what are your thoughts about that? Like could we maybe have a conversation with him and and I wonder if there's a, a different way that we could address that than kind of pulling him away and yelling at him? You know, I I didn't really think about that. I suppose we could try it differently. Do you have do you want to help coordinate that? I don't I don't quite know what that looks like. Yeah, well, I just appreciate the fact that you're even open to it. I've been learning some different things and the way you parented us, I just appreciate because you're really, you know, just really uh, able to uh, help us delineate kind of right and wrong and those kinds of things. I think we're we're wanting to do some of the same sorts of things, but maybe just a little differently. So if you're willing, I'd be, I'd love to, to coordinate that. Let's try. Okay. That'd be like a kind of a dream scenario, right? Or the, mm-hmm, right. <laughs> the, the grandparents like, yeah, sounds good, right? There might be some resistance to that. What do you mean? I did something wrong. You know, that could also yep. uh, bubble up there too. But just even in that little scenario, like what are the, are there some key components or some things that uh, that kind of stood out Trying to let the framework guide that process? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that as a parent, when you came in, you were just really humble. You were affirming of the grandparent and the grandparents like motivations and seeing the other, the other cousin that, you know, they were fighting and feeling like something needed to step in. So you're just affirming of the person and you know, that's always a great place to start and then asking questions. I loved the question around the reconnecting with with the child who was disciplined with, you know, with your child and just how to do that. And it is dream, right? When the grandparent says, okay, can you show me how, how wonderful. And even just to bring that awareness to the grandparent on what would reconnection look like after that kind of discipline right there in that moment. How did it feel to you, Jenna? It definitely felt like I was being heard right? Like the follow-up, the fact that it didn't just stop with, you know, Chad stepping in to do what he felt was best. The fact that he came back to talk to me just made me feel like he valued my thoughts and that wanted to make sure that we were still connected and okay, because that can feel Mm -hmm. awkward if somebody else steps in when you think you're handling the situation, but to follow up and to be heard and to stay connected with, with Chad felt good. You know, if there's some restoration that needs to take place, or make it right for my child to make it right to a younger cousin or something like that. 
Um, that's something that I would want to to see if I could model, bring the grandparent into that. But it's not just the harsh, you're not going to do this and we're going to remove you. It's a, oh, there's actually a restorative element to this. My not jumping in and doing something right in that moment doesn't mean that I'm not aware or don't care, but that I have a, a, a different way that I might be trying to teach wisdom here would also be, I think, important in that kind of a situation as well. You know, uh, at Connected Families, we have a PDF and the title of it is unsolicited advice, question mark. Here is how to respond. And there's four different ways. And we're going to have a link to that in the show notes. There, it's just a quick read, just one page. It'll give you some tips, especially as you move into Christmas or New Year and just more ways of interacting with parents, grandparents, I mean, when you're getting unsolicited advice. Well, let me tell you, Jenna and Chad, what happened in my situation with the whole get in the kitchen and clean. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, it was interesting that the what's going on in me, I realized I had picked up, a, you know, kind of the, the old Stacy, maybe the way like childhood demands from my parents. It was like, you know, I said it, so you need to go do it and you need to do it right now. And so just, I was, so I checked myself. I was like, wow, I can have that that going on in me in this moment. And I also feel stressed because the kitchen is a mess. And that always makes me feel stressed, especially with all the people around. So I did the breath, checked myself, realized just the yuckiness that I was coming to my daughter with in my demand to clean the kitchen. And even though my parents had been there and was like, we, you know, we would never handle that. I responded to my daughter in the way that I knew I wanted to. And that was, yeah, that was, I said to her, that was demanding. And I didn't say that in a kind way. And then I asked her the question. So the kitchen needs to get cleaned, especially in the next like 45 minutes. When would you like to come and help? So I gave her some autonomy to say, Hey, you know, give me 10 minutes. And that's actually what happened then. She's mm -hmm. like, give me 10 minutes to finish this or watch this game a little bit longer and I'll be in. So that's how that ended. There was never any comment afterwards from my parents about how I had dealt with that. And I think that they realized, hey, connected families, they know that I had been doing discipline that connects and the framework and they saw it. And I know that they respected that. So that's how my story ended. I think the, you know, modeling is a really big deal. I think there are times where we're going to blow it or we're just, you know, whatever all the factors are for our kids are maybe the same for us. We're hungry. We're tired. We're, you know, overwhelmed or overstimulated and we don't respond very well. Yeah. Uh, we say something harshly or we give the same tone back. I do think that we can come back and <laughs> work the framework again back into that situation. Yeah. It's like, man. I don't think I said that in a way that was very honoring to you, or I wish I could have done that differently. If I could do that differently, here's what I would have wanted to say or do and try it again. And, you know, I think that's even a, a modeling of humility for our parents to see that we don't get it right all the time and it's okay. We've got grace for ourselves and grace for them too. So I think that's the great thing about, you know, whether you do it the way that you just really would feel great about is like, great, I'm learning some new things. And also, when I don't handle it in the way that I like, right, I can come back and work on that and try it again. So those are important. This isn't perfection. <laughs> We're not going to get there. And I remember the day that I, that was one of my responses is that I'm learning, I'm learning new ways to parent, you know, I'm valuing connection and I value connection with you too. 
and uh, I'm not going to get it right every time. So just asking my parents for that grace mm-hmm. as we're together at this at this gathering. Yeah. So Jenna, any final thoughts that you have? Yeah, I, th- I also just want to kind of place an emphasis on ask for forgiveness when needed. You know, it's great to to show that and to grant that. I mean, we often are quick to forgive other people. So let's forgive ourselves. And, you know, even with my little kids, sometimes I'll say, you know what, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Like that didn't feel good to mom. How did that feel to you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's just an important part of the gospel is just sharing forgiveness and talking about forgiveness and showing forgiveness and, and walking in that mm-hmm. makes a difference. Yeah, that's good. Okay, you guys, well, we covered a lot today. We went through all of the layers, right, of what are the common issues around family gatherings. And then we talked about getting deeper, our toxic beliefs and what's going on in me. And then just conversation with our family, with our parents, our, the grandparents around hard, hard conversations that we need to have with them sometimes. And so thanks, Jenna. And thanks, Chad, for being with me today. Yeah, thanks, Stacey. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. If you have been inspired by today's podcast or other Connected Families resources, we invite you to join the team of families who are paying it forward. A gift of $25 will cover your own equipping for the year, and a gift of $50 will pay it forward to another family. Thank you for tuning in and for considering a year-end gift to Connected Families. Well, for more information about Connected Families, follow us on Instagram or Facebook or go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.